I'm Dave. I'm William. And this is the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. The Digital Marketing Lab Podcast is brought to you by Nozak Consulting. Nozak Consulting is our digital marketing agency that helps grow businesses by leveraging search. We use best-in-class search engine optimization combined with content marketing, social media marketing, and social media management. We've helped countless businesses expand their reach online and drive stronger revenue. What makes Nozak Consulting different from other marketing agencies out there is our customized approach for each specific business we partner with, which is based on a foundation of in-depth research and market analysis. No cookie cutter marketing campaigns here. If you've been frustrated with the lack of ROI from your current marketing strategy, contact Nozak Consulting today. NozakConsulting.com. If you're in the Tulsa area, Nozak Consulting is hosting a beginner SEO training session for small to medium sized businesses. Join William from Nozak Consulting and Ryan Redding from DP Marketing Services as they provide easy-to-follow action steps that your business can start taking now to increase your online reach and optimize your business's website. This event is on Tuesday, March 5th, 2019 at 36 Degrees North, downtown Tulsa. For more information, visit nozakconsulting.com slash events. Appreciate it. So just a show of hands, who's actually interested in the topic today, digital marketing? So I get it, the, the credit thing, so just about everybody, sweet. So let me just explain to you a little bit about myself. I taught college for 10 years, um, became a director of education for four, over a science school, taught science, um, got a, a chemistry minor from here and made tons of money with that chemistry minor, it's crazy. And so I uh, it did enjoy that, but I was teaching science with an MBA. Obviously, I had to have a life change. And I was teaching because I left here full-time musician, uh, three albums on iTunes, touring nonstop, and I needed an income. And so I did that whole route, had a epiphany that I really needed to get into business. I pivoted, started a snow cone stand, upped it to six locations. And then I'm sitting there in the off-season with uh, annual bills, uh, a seasonal income with annual bills, and I said I need to do something else. And so I had done my own website, done my own SEO, started to do it for clients, started, I did 10, then I did 20, then I did 30. I was sitting in my coffee shop, so I'm like, I've got shaved ice, and the other side of the year I could do coffee. So I was like doing coffee in one side of the year, shaved ice in the other. Coffee wasn't making it, it wasn't happening. I had my level two barista training with Topeka, and so I'm making 10 coffees a day, and so what did I do? I sat there and learned digital marketing. I learned how to build websites. I built one, then I built 10, then I built 20, then I built 30, then I built 40, then I built 50. And then I had an agency with reoccurring revenue. And, and I had a, a knowledge base that I could turn around and sell. And did I get any of that at ORU? None. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, not, not even a shred of it. And so a lot of it in, I came in in 99, and I left in, I think, maybe 06 or 07. Digital marketing really didn't have its feet in the ground like Google. You know, we were talking about Yahoo then. And so Google really didn't have their algorithm, and they really weren't the behemoth that they are now. So the game really has changed uh, in a great way. And so I, once I had my degree from ORU, I had my ability to research. I took a competitive intelligence class in, in my MBA. It changed everything for me. It, I was the number one in that class. 
Um, and I was also number one in the simulation, number two in the simulation. In my mind, I was number one. And so those two classes made a huge change in my life. It helped me to research. It helped me to, to take the science method and apply it to what I was doing. Uh, hypothesis making, hypothesis breaking. And so I took that whole data-driven lifestyle I lived teaching science and I applied it to marketing. And then I could see data-driven solutions. I could see numbers, click-through rates, actual ratios, what's working, what's not working. And anyone that's spending a lot of money likes to see those things. So I'm gonna start at the beginning here. That's a little bit how I got to where I am today. And so Johnny, you could ask Johnny any questions. We're talking to 500 unit franchises today, yesterday, the day before. We've got a, a lot of um, enterprise level uh, clients coming our way, but I built it off of small businesses, one, two, and three location businesses. And so I applied a lot of those skills to help these business owners compete at the local level because you have these franchises coming into Oak Tulsa because Tulsa's getting to that magnitude where we've got money and we've got draw and we've got the right statistics to pull some of these franchises. So they come and they compete with the incumbents and guess what? The incumbents don't know anything about digital marketing. So your dads and your moms that have been running businesses for 30 years don't have a shot in the world. And so I wanted to help them have a better shot in the world. At the same time, they have to be able to pay for the solution because it's not free. I have a heart. At the same time, I like to make money. I have to pay off my loans. So we, you have to find the right clientele that can pay for the solution. And then you start realizing that in the end, maybe your clients are the, are the franchises, are the, enter, uh, the enterprises, the medium-sized businesses. So I say that all of this can be applied to small business, medium business, enterprise. I don't know what your family is involved in, and it can be applied even to the franchise level. It's, it's applicable across the board if you're starting it from scratch. I do want to start with, um, and today I, I called it the discussion about digital marketing, but it's really about channels. And so we're really looking at these multiple channels. And so I want to start with a couple things. One, I'm going to define digital marketing. It's the promotion of products or brands via one or more forms of electronic media. That, that could be anything. Um, that could be your social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. It could just be making infographics. It could be Snapchatting funny things or, or uh, having products on Amazon. Which is, this is a real deal. This is a digital marketing strategy. And so defining marketing in general, simplistically defined as putting the right product in the right place. You get that, right? Your marketing majors putting the right product in the right place, right? I had a terrible marketing professor when I was here, um, and, but he taught me one thing. He taught me location, location, location. And it still applies. That's the number one thing I can remember from that class is location, 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 and it applies digitally. And so I still have that, and I have nightmares. No, we're not learning anything. Location, I get it. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Digital location, location, location. So I live in that realm. Digital location is the real deal. Just like it was back in 99 when I learned about location, 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 my intro to marketing still applies today. So I want to tell you about the four P's of the marketing mix, product, pr place, price, promotion, right? I don't cover all of these things in my life. We're a digital agency that specializes in websites, 
SEO, PPC, SEM, which is a combination of both. We're supposed to do social media management, but we don't have a full out staff to really handle all the verticals we're in. So we try to teach the client how to manage it themselves. But the product, there's so many different people that could talk to you about that. It's either a tangible good or an intangible service to meet specific customer needs. That's the product. You'd be in like product development groups and people that have been through that process. I'm not going to cover that, but that is a real part of the four P's of the marketing mix, the product. And so you can read these books right here. I, when I was making my products, uh, my agency, which is the product to other businesses, it's a B2B business, and my snow cone stand, Harper's Hut, it's B2C, business to consumer, and it's a, it's a food, it's, it's shaved ice, but it's food. I read these books, uh, and I, I remembered going back to learn about the product development phase, and I just did a lot of research on that. And I did information on the buyer profile, how to figure out where they are in the conversion funnel. Are they at the top? What marketing means are at different places of the conversion funnel. I want to run a billboard, but right, billboard's 1 to 10,000 conversion. I want to run a radio ad, right, but it's, it's 1 to 10,000 conversion. I want to be on TV, right, but it's costly to make that stuff, and it's got low conversion. Where are my people at? They're in social media. They're in organic. They're even searching for events in PPC. Place, location, 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 understanding the buyer profile, it takes time. And so before you guys figure out what you're going to do, you kind of have to understand if you're a B2B, you have to understand your buyer's profile. And then if you're helping them get in front of their client, you have to understand your buyer's client's profile. And so this is all a part of the process. These books right here, Crossing the Chasm, it's gonna, I'm going to show you this graph. That, that just changed my mind. Um, Founder's Dilemma, Noah Wasserman. I read that book before I uh, reached out to a friend. I made a pitch deck. I started rating, raising rounds of money. And then I uh, added on some team members that had different skill sets than I did. I read that book before I did that. Um, the Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster. This book combines all the books I've ever read into one, and it's really, really good. Um, it, you're, you're learning here at college the landscape of business. And if you go into a Fortune 500 or something like that, you're, you're probably set up really good. If you go into small and medium, you're going to really want to dig into these books that talk strictly from people that are there doing it, succeeding, thriving at it. This is really where your textbook starts. And so the place or placement has to do with how the product will be provided to the, the customer. And so you could be talking dis distribution is a key element of placement. We're talking distribution levels. Are you going to have a brick and mortar? Are you going to have uh, drop shipping? Are you going to have um, your own shipping department? So this would be place, right? A lot of great businesses now don't own a thing. Blinds.com doesn't own a blind. Until you place an order on their website, they don't purchase the blind. So that's a huge part of how businesses are run these days. The, you don't have to have millions of dollars in this inventory. The price. So it co covers the actual amount the end user is expected to pay for the product. Price is a part of the marketing mix. It's going to define our buyer profile, whether we're low end, whether we're in the middle, whether we're high end, whether we're an outsourced white labeled solution, which is a lot of what we do. We white label a lot of our products. And so that price is a part of your marketing. And so I'll just show you these last graphs here with the four P's of marketing. These are all things that if I could say I took nuggets from my undergrad that I still kind of have ingrained in my mental DNA, this is not one of them. And so I got this from the crossing the chasm. And so this teaches you, I did learn about innovators, early adopters, early majority, late majority laggards. I did learn that in college. I really didn't know how to apply it. I can tell you this, I'm a digital agency in Oklahoma.
Oklahoma is a digital lagger. Lagger, yep, that's right. We're in, we, we like to carry guns. And so uh, early adopters, coasts. So you're talking about me, a digital agency in a lagger country with older people that are probably even more lagger. So I'm trying to pitch digital marketing to a, an area that's inherently late majority and lagger to business owners that are going to be late majority and lagger. Think about it. What's part of the buying problem? I have to educate. And they first have to have a pain point and realize that somebody's whipping them online. And so, so much easier when you understand your buyer's profile, where they are at. And this, of course, refers to technology companies when they're trying to bring a disruptive technology. It's still a great graph, and there are great gaps here when you're trying to get your product to different places. So when you're trying to get it to just the innovators, because they want to try it and use it first. But then there's a gap there to get to the early adopters. And that's the next group that is your buying and how you kind of grow and make more revenue. And then there's this huge gap to the early majority where most... Uh, disruptive and tech companies actually fall into that gap. It's really interesting to see this just on a, on a level of just the human psyche, how products and services have to jump these gaps to get to new revenue streams. You can't live on innovators uh, unless you're Apple, which then flips the script and makes the, turns those innovators and then finally capitalizes on late majority. That's kind of like an anomaly. And so you kind of have to get to these different groups here inside of this um, buyer profile. You have to pay attention to these things when you're starting to figure out your product or service. We got to figure out the buyer profile. We got to get involved with somebody that already has a mousetrap, is already cash flowing. What are they doing? What is the buyer profile? Is it in a similar market size? Is it in the same area? Are we going to competing with them? Are we going to have the same clients? Are we going to have a differentiated product? Is our <clears throat> product offering going to be a little bit different? Is this what our value add is going to be? Will that change the buyer profile? So these are all questions. Here's the, the Porter's five forces. You learned that in undergrad just like I did. So, so applicable. And so this, when you're trying to pick a project, you don't want to pick a lemonade stand for many reasons. And I'll tell you right now, owning a snow cone stand, you don't want to pick an, a snow cone stand for many reasons. <laughs> and I could pull out Porter's Five Forces and tell you right here that the threat of substitution is Brahms or Sonic. And then the threat of new entrance is really high because if you have $3,000 and you just come over and look at my menu, instantly you've got to stand next door and you're offering my same menu. Imagine that. Not trade secrets. What can I do about it? Have a great brand, have a great following, doing really well. But Porter's Five Forces is still real. And so that's why I was like, you know what? I need something different. I need an agency, a digital marketing agency where I could take my MBA, use it as clout, stack knowledge on that knowledge, and that way the threat of substitution, ah, and then the threat of new entrants. I mean, it's tough because I now have to enter the market where people are already incumbents, already making hundreds of millions of dollars. And so that then becomes the, the next piece for my journey. And then here is the four P's. Imagine that, the product, price, place, promotion. I know that when you're in class, you're learning it from a stale or a, uh, you know, uh, in a vacuum. But when you get out and you start looking and thinking through these things, this is one of the lenses that you will think through. I'm not even kidding you. And you have to look through the four P's and figure out how you're really going to maneuver this with your products or your solution. And then this is just a reminder that the users are different. 
like the user for one product or service is going to be different. So you're like, I'm successful at this. I'm going to go be successful over here because I'm great with people. Uh, and for you, you just got to remember the buyer profile. The, we got to remember the people, the user. And that's why jumping into something that you're not connected to at all is so risky. Because you, A, don't know the user. You don't know the user's user. You don't know anything about the cash flow model. You don't know anything about the pro forma. You don't know anything about the, the net income and what your ratios for marketing and all of those things. It's just – that's why, for me, I'm thankful I started in Shaved Ice because I got to junk it up and mess it up. And I didn't get to – I didn't have to lose my house. Granted, the first year I did win Best of the Best Tulsa. I did okay. And so, uh, I mean, other people did better. And so it was nice to have a cash flow for me to be able to figure out what I'm terrible at, what I'm good at, and I could use that cash flow to learn how to market. And then I could uh, gain credibility with the community and, um, and learn all, how to get local bloggers to write about my stuff and increase my authority and then beat the incumbents and then beat the, lo the local franchisee. And so... This is where we'll switch, you know. A anyone in here remember The Matrix? Do you want to know what it is? Who watched The Matrix? Like the third. The Matrix is everywhere. Sad. It is all <laughs> Even now in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? <laughs> that you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you wanted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. So this is – the reason why I show that is because <laughs> digital marketing is the matrix. It's the real deal. Everything has moved online. It's no matter whether you want to acknowledge it, it exists. Whether or not you want to be good at it, your competitors probably are. Whether you want to acknowledge that you have to incorporate it into your DNA, you got to take the red pill. And so the rest of this, I'm going to try to talk about digital marketing and what – what the landscape looks like so that you guys can feel more comfortable on what are we talking about here so remember promotion is location 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 that one thing i took from my undergrad marketing class and so the marketing communication strategies and techniques all fall under the promotion heading 
These may include advertising, sales promotions, special offers, public relations. It's all of that. It's digital marketing. It's all of that. I don't do sales promotions. I am not an advertiser. I don't know anything about advertising. You would have to ask someone else to learn about advertising. I can teach you about one part of promotion, and it's the organic, it's the PPC, it's the social media, it's the likes, shares, and conversions of this thing. So I've got a couple things under here, digital marketing or digital promotion. And so you first need to know what a search engine is. I get it. You do understand. But you have to understand that there are vertical search engines as well. So Google Image is a vertical search engine. You can search images in there by naming them properly, having nomenclature, size specifications. You can win in that vertical search engine by having good images on your website especially if it's applicable and you think you could get sales. And so YouTube is a vertical search engine. It's owned by Google. It's indexed way faster than text. And it's a place where I know people that make $20,000 contracts on their YouTube channel every single week. Why? It's a vertical channel. You can do a search in it, have a specific query, and get to the knowledge you want and convert through that with people if you've got um, calls to action in that material. And so Amazon. This is like the number one competitor to Google right now. If you sell products, you have to incorporate Amazon. Some people think Amazon's going to overtake Google in the world to come. Amazon is doing Google, some say, better than Google is. And that means you need to understand what that, un that means. You can optimize your whole Amazon strategy with search engine optimization principles to optimize your listings in Amazon to improve positioning, click-through rates, sales, all of that. I don't do any of that. I hate e-commerce. I have e-commerce clients, and that's their problem. I tell them that, look, you have to go and learn Amazon. I am not. And so there's ways you can learn that stuff. That's a vertical um, search engine. So Google is a search engine, and then there's these verticals. And you'll notice now they're bleeding these ver their own verticals into their search engine. Once upon a time, you could search Google and other search engines would pop up. Well, they thought this is terrible. Either they thought this was terrible or they thought we don't want to show our competitors. So they dumped that. So you can't search, search and find other search. But you can search, search and find their other verticals. And that's why they've changed image packs and uh, scholarly articles haven't bled through that much. But you see what I'm saying? They're bleeding their own verticals into that. Into that. Social media is another place for promotion. If I showed you the whole linking factor circle, social media is a huge piece of the pie. Having a LinkedIn, having a Facebook, having an Instagram, having a Twitter, the next thing. Having those um, social media presences with business profiles, with links back to your website, people talking about it, people sharing it. Um, those are signals to Google that your brand has authority, expertise. It has EA, what we call EAT, um, expertise, authority, and trust. And so these are signals. And so you have to send the signals. And so I get it. A lot of you will go to other parts of the planet, and I'm not really speaking to the choir here because you're like, yeah, I live on the East Coast. I'm already an early adopter. I get it. I understand it. But those of you that are going to stay in the Midwest, you're the ones I'm really saying, look, you have to have this in your game. It's a part of the digital landscape and the signals back to Google. And so Google My Business, it's free. The GMB, Bing has one. It's called Bing, Bing Business. And so it's a free business listing. It's like for, for service companies or for like O'Reilly's. I was talking to the SEO client for O'Reilly's, uh, SEO agency for O'Reilly's today. And I think he was lying, but he said 90% of their traffic comes into their GMBs. 
and there's like five or 6,000 locations. It's a free listing that can be optimized. There are things that you can do to that. I could go on for days on what you could do there, right? Because Google had a partnership with Yellow Pages because uh, Yellow Pages went to online. It was just listings, and then Google's like, yeah, thanks, we learned, and now we have our own listing. Bye-bye YP. Bye-bye YP has been happening for a long time. And so directories, this is the floor and the fauna. Once upon a time, they created uh, backlinking signals that gave you authority. Now it's just the flora and fauna. If you don't have it, it's more kind of like, uh, who's that guy? Whereas now if you have it, it's like, okay, you're one of the guys. Before it was like when you had it, it was like, okay, that's the guy. So things like this, they're always changing. Directories, you have to have the IYPs, the internet yellow page listings, the yexts of the world, um, and there's the YP listing of the world, the Facebooks. You have to have your NAP consistent across all of this. Name, address, phone, NAP, website category, NAPWC. And so we have uh, directories, and there's companies you can use, Moz or Yext, and Citations. So this is a big part of what my company does. And Johnny will tell you, he sits there all day long when he's not doing a competitive intelligence report. And we look at our competitors and we see who's linking to them. And we say to ourselves, why aren't they linking to me? And then we go and we find out how to make them link to us. And so we eliminate uh, competitive advantages, right? SWAT, strengths, weakness, opportunities, threats, opportunities, threats, external. And so that's an opportunity because it's a threat, and it's a threat because they're linking to him, and he's getting authority, and I have lower authority, and I want to rank for that word. I need more authority, so I need that link. So it's the whole SWOT analysis, opportunities, threats. Who's linking? And this is just a piece of it. Opportunities, threats, backlinks, citations. Oh, are you linking to you? Um, 36 degrees north linking to me. Finding people that are in your sphere that have ability to link and share. Me talking here and getting some social media love from ORU, right? It's worth it. And so you're going to have the same opportunities. And then you're going to be able to hunt those down or you'll have an agency hunt those things down. Um, and then pay-per-click ads. This is PPC, right? This is the, promote, this is the marketing landscape. You're going to either pay for ads. You're going to use the GMB and get in the snack pack or that local listing pack. Or you're going to pop up in the organic rankings, and you can pop up in the organic rankings by being in definitely tons of vertical uh, directories. Home Advisor, all of those are vertical directories. Um, your social media is kind of like a, a, a vertical directory in a way. And so they can find you in those places. They can find those places in organic. And so you've got paid ads or uh, snack pack, which is like the old yellow pages listings that people are just clicking, I need to know where you're at, are you open? conversion, which is huge, and then pay-per-click. And pay-per-click is, is real time. It, depending upon your industry, you can click it on, set up a good campaign, spend some money, and boom, you could have the phone ringing. It's not cheap. And the GMB, that takes time too, but organic really takes time. It could take three, four, five, six months for you to show up. It could take years, depending upon what you're doing and what city you're doing it in. One of our clients is a client in San Antonio. I mean, and it's a huge company competing against other huge companies. We have a, cl a client in uh, Dallas, huge swimming pool company, competing against other huge swimming pool companies. You don't win over the night. You have to have a strategy. It's promotion, marketing, communication, doing these things, location, location, location. And so your website, everything revolves around your website. And so there are tools that we use, Ahrefs, SiteLiner, SimilarWeb, Website Rank Pro. And what are we doing before we ever build it? We're making a competitive intelligence report. 
So we want to know who the competitors are. We want to know what the social medias that are applicable, how the competitors are using them. We need, not, we need to know what the queries are, what people are looking, and what their intent is, and we need to be matching our content and our semantics against that and our link structure. And then the assets. What downloadable assets do we need so that we're dating our users, right? A website dates the users. What is the person trying to date your website looking for? Those are the things you're going to have. And so we do that competitive intelligence report way before we ever built the site. And so you've got data-driven decisions, right? So we don't ever want to do anything just on a whim or just in a gut. We want to track. That's why you're getting a de degree because you want the skill of analyzing, right? You want the ability to analyze. And so you are going to gain that ability. Now, you're going to be ones that can look at data and know what you're looking at and how to come up with assumptions. And so we have tools. We have Google Webmaster tools, resources to track website search performance, right? That's just Google Webmaster tools. Google Analytics. This is business analytics and tools. These are free tools provided by Google. Google likes you and knows you need these if you're a business. Uh, Google Data Studio. This is dashboarding. It allows you to look at your data in visual representation. Google Tag Manager. This is where we can track goals, triggers, tags, scripts. We can listen to actions on the website, how people are using it, uh, and where they're going, and where they're spending their time, I can see all of that. I can record you on my website and see where your cursor goes and what you do. But if you're into marketing, you have to use it because your competitors are. And you want to protect the end user, obviously. There is a trade-off here. Google is doing a lot of wrong things, and you do need the government, to somebody to check them. Um, and that's why you have players like DuckDuckGo who don't track anything of the users. Uh, how do you ever optimize there? I don't know. And so you've got things like G Suite, which uh, Google Sheets and collaboration and productivity tools and, um, yeah, for business. And then you have Big Webmaster Tools, which is another tools improvement site performance. It's similar to – a little bit different, but similar tools to Google. Yandex, if you're looking for a Russian search engine, they've got the same stuff as Google. The Google isn't everywhere. So Yandex is another search engine that's really specialized and has some cool tools. And then Hotjar, here's a prime example of something that listens to visitor actions, heat maps. It uh, records, helps you create funnels and forms. And so I have this heat map on my site just to show you where the majority of people go, right? Where, where do they go? Um, where do people go? And the truth is, is when I look at all my clients, where do people go? They go right there at the menu. And so you can see that my menu is terrible. And so if people are going right there where that red map is, that should be a call to action, not a contact us. Uh, I need to get your information right now because that's where you're going. And usually you want a menu, menu to push you over into the call to action. And so you can see mine, it's always going to have issues. But you, that's a heat map. And so if I scroll down here and look at this heat map, nobody goes down. And I love talking to clients and they're like, I don't want to be scrolling forever. Nobody wants that. Nobody goes there. Uh, the oh, I take that back. The crawlers go there. And so we want the crawlers to know what our site is, right? Because if we're not there, we're not getting the lead. We're not getting the conversion. And so right here, we want to be, you know, a solid funnel, a solid call to action. Get them to where they're trying to go now. But don't worry if scrolling for days. The only people that are scrolling down there to hate on it are the people that want to scroll down there and hate on it. The crawler needs to know what you're trying to do, what you're, what you're offering. And so I know I probably zipped through that really quickly. I wanted to cover it all. And so I could probably talk for five more hours and enjoy all of it. And so I can see that some of you are ready to... 
get out of here. So let's talk about some questions. Who's got real questions? Something that's on your mind or something that you like me to say again or uh, anything? You went over a lot. And so I was going to say, is there anything like knowing what you know now and the position that we are in now? Yeah. Where would you even suggest like starting, I guess, if like, you know. I would start with an internship. I would start with an internship with the focus of when I did my internship, I was so green that I didn't know what to ask, Mm -hmm. what, what to do. Um, but what I would do if I could do it over again in my internship is try to learn more about their structure, about their marketing, how they're successful, try to really figure out their model. And and I would try to get in an internship in something that I plan on getting into. I really didn't know then. So I was like with a software company. Um, my girlfriend at the time went here and uh, I had an internship at her dad's company. They're very nice. And so I didn't learn a thing from those guys because I didn't know how to ask the questions. And so I really felt like I knew everything. But when I look back, I knew nothing. And so I was like, I got the degree. I got, I'm about to have my undergrad. I'm here to help you guys. And the truth is, is you're not going to help them with anything, really. You really want to get there and just kind of get in their minds. How did they find the faucet on this cash flow? And so what can I take that that can be applied to any vertical if I jump in it? I would probably pick their brains a little bit harder. So I would use uh, networking and, and my internship a little bit differently. Did you have another question? Yeah, I did have another question about those. Um, would you say they're pretty basic, like user-friendly for the beginner of all of this? Nothing in digital marketing uh, is beginner easy. So you're either going to be a wimp and wimp out and run away, or you're going to just uh, hit YouTube and see how other people use it, and you're just going to, every single day, you're going to scale up. And so just like anything else, there's a learning curve. And so just uh, don't be a weenie about it. Just so what? It's hard. And so these tools are all, all inherently are going to have massive amounts of features. The less features and the easier to use, the less robust data you're going to get from it. And so I know uh, you're, um, you, you just have to spend time. You know, that's one thing I didn't do is I didn't learn SPSS good enough. If I could go back, now that I understand how these different SaaSs, software as a service, are right involved with business owners and agencies, I would have fully understood all the functionality in SPSS. Because then you're going to go and you're going to use these more robust tools and you're going to force yourself to learn all the functionality of that tool. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Appreciate it. Hey guys, just a few quick things before you go. First, if you've been enjoying the Digital Marketing Lab podcast, please hit subscribe on your podcast device or share it with a friend. Second, if you have any questions that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, please reach out to us, William at NozakConsulting.com or Dave at NozakConsulting.com. And last, but certainly not least, we are now accepting speaking invitations. If you have a conference or trade show coming up and you need a guest speaker, please reach out to William at NozakConsulting.com. And as always, thanks for listening.